I believe the Lord's given me a word that I would like to share, and I believe it's just an encouraging word today. How many of you, every once in a while, just need to be encouraged a little bit? So if you just hook up with me, hook up your faith with mine, uh, you know, it's not really as much what I say, but it's what the Holy Ghost says to you about what I say. And that's how God works. All of us have different needs. We all have different visions and different things God's called us to. But in the same setting, when the Holy Ghost has freedom to move, he can speak to one person over here and speak to another person that has a different need over here. And somehow he does it to where all of us can leave refreshed, encouraged, and blessed. Amen. 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 So will you hook up with me today? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to enjoy and receive the uncompromising word of God today. We bring our hearts open. We're humbled to be in your presence. And we thank you for a fresh word from heaven that not one individual listening today would go home the same. And I declare that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. So for those of you that don't know me, I uh, was born in Canada. Um, so I'm a Canadian by birth. I'm an American by choice, but I'm a Mexican at heart. Así que le damos la bienvenida a todos los mexicanos y hispanos. Gracias por venir. Thank you for coming. Any of you that speak Spanish, uh, you're always welcome to come and visit us in Mexico. Go with me to 2 Corinthians <laughs> chapter 5, verse 17. Are we all happy now? Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And as you're going there, I was looking at something that has always been interesting to me, Superman. You know, Superman was created in 1939. He was the very first superhero. You know, and it's, all of you know that it's the story of Clark Kent's Clark Kent, who came from the planet Krypton, it was sent to Earth and adopted by earthly parents. Well, later on, he leaves Smallville, he attends college, and he has to cope with problems that force his outlook to mature in a way that Superman, or Superboy, eventually changed his identity to Superman, especially after defeating Lex Luthor's plot to destroy the world. So he had to change his identity, and realize he's not just a super boy, he's superman, he's a super hero. And I want to share some things with you today about will the real superhero please stand up? Will the real superhero please stand up? <laughs> I love you already. <laughs> I think too many people in the body of Christ still cannot see themselves as superheroes in Christ Jesus. And their identity is still in Clark Kent, a mild-mannered Clark Kent. And I've seen, because I've been pastoring ministry 40 years, pastoring almost 30 years, that even people who have longevity in the church still have a hard time seeing themselves as who they really are, their true identity in Christ Jesus. All that he has given 
to us through the their birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All that you have in Christ is so much more than you could ever hope or even imagine. And yet, I hear people still talk about themselves. You know, what a dummy I am, or man, I'm just an idiot, or they just talk bad about this and that and the other. And you cannot see yourself truly in Christ and talk that way about yourself, your family, your intellect, your body, your mind, or whatever. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 I think that probably never in any other time in my lifetime have I seen a society that's struggling so profusely with identity. There are so many people that are asking the question, who am I? What am I? Why is there so much confusion today regarding identity? Why is it that Satan is trying so hard to confuse and shame people for who they are? Here's something I think would be interesting. Write this down. You see, Satan knows something most Christians don't. He understands something very perfectly well. The power of your identity in Christ Jesus. That power in your identity is something he's very well familiar with. And he's doing everything he can today to make sure you don't understand and you don't have that knowledge. Listen. Unknown identity is a thousand times worse than a pandemic. Because if you don't know who you are, then you won't enjoy what has been given you and what has been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. F.F. Bosworth said this, It is impossible to boldly claim a blessing you are not sure God is offering. 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of my favorite scriptures, says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things, all things have become new. The Amplified Version, which is the Women's Bible because it has more words, says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. And one translation says that you've been re-fathered. Amen? So who's your daddy? You've been re-fathered. Amen. You are a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. You know, I used to think that when I get to heaven, I was going to have to introduce myself to everybody. But listen, the prophets, the kings, the apostles, and the angels in heaven, they all know who you are. Everyone, you're not going to have to introduce yourself to Paul or Moses or Peter or whoever. They know you because God made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and all heaven knows who you are. Amen. And we look at famous people in the world today and you think, well, I know them. We were at breakfast the other day and 
famous pastor here. Somebody came up to him and said, oh, pastor, how you doing? Famous. <laughs> but you know that heaven knows who you are? Amen. Come on. Amen. I said, oh, heaven knows who you are. Galatians 2.20, I love this. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ, I said, Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Would you say that with me? I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Philemon 1.6 says this, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So listen, your identity in Christ, listen, is activated in your life when you begin to confess the same thing that God says about you. I'm going to say that again. Listen very carefully that your identity in Christ, who you are in Christ, okay, is activated in your life when you begin to confess Everything that God has already said about you and what you are and who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus. Over 130 scriptures in the New Testament talk about in Him, in Christ, everything that God has given you through Christ and His resurrection. And there's a little book I carry around with me all the time. It's called In Him by Brother Hagin, my spiritual mentor. And he, he makes this statement, I want to read it here, in this little book of In Him, and it says this. Listen, the majority of Christians, though sincere, are weak. This is because they never really dared confess what God's Word says about them. They have never dared confess that they are what the Bible says they are, that they, and that they are who the Bible says they are, and that they have what the Bible says they have. In fact, many maintain a wrong confession instead of holding fast to a right confession. A wrong confession is a confession of defeat, okay, of failure, and of supremacy of Satan. They're always talking about what a time they're having with the devil, what a battle they're having and going through, what all the devil is doing from keeping them from being successful, keeping them sick, holding them in bondage. And as long as they talk like that, according to what Jesus said, this is what they're going to have. He goes on to say this. One of the bolder confessions Jesus made was this. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Think about that. It's interesting that Jesus was constantly talking about who he was. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the bread. I'm the door. He goes on and on talking about who he was. He goes on to say, what a bold confession. If you want to see the Father, look at me. In John 12, it is recorded that he said, He that seeth me seeth him that sent me. 
I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Let me say it again. Jesus constantly confessed who he is, what he is, and his mission in life. Yes, someone might say, well, that was Jesus. I know, and the Bible teaches that Jesus left us an example and that we should follow his steps. You should constantly, listen, constantly be confessing who you are. Oh, not who you are physically, the daughter of John Doe, who lives on such and such street. No, who you are according to the word of God. That's the confession we're to hold fast to. 1 John 3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And in Romans chapter 8, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. That in and of itself Though simple, is powerful because it's a divine revelation from God. When you get that revelation in your heart, I'm telling you, it will change how you talk about yourself. I decided years ago I would never say things like, I'm sick as a dog. Flu season comes around, yeah, we say in Spanish, it's my turn to get the flu. Are you with me? I decided I refuse to talk like that because Jesus said, I'm going to have what I say. And if I constantly confess that, guess what? I'm going to constantly be getting what I say. That's a divine revelation. Are you with me? My wife and I, the other week, a couple weeks ago, actually, we ordered in sushi. We like sushi. And... uh, you know, this sushi comes in this cute little box. They bring it to the house, cute little box, and it always has a, a big clump of wasabi. Well, <laughs> I like wasabi a little bit, but not a whole lot. And it just happened to be that I grabbed a piece of sushi, put it in my mouth, and did not realize that the entire chunk of wasabi was on the backside. At first, because I like hot food, I like jalapenos, I like escapeche and all that, and I thought, ah, I can handle this, right? <laughs> when I decided just to go ahead and swallow the whole thing whole, <laughs> I have never experienced what I experienced at that moment. <laughs> I am telling you, I thought my face was going to explode. <laughs> I'm Fairly certain I heard St. Peter calling my name. (laughs) Timothy, come up hither. I was hurting so bad, my wife said to me, do you want me to call an ambulance? And I could just see it. Missionary Tim Rogers dies at the hand of the Wasabi tribe. Just sound a little bit more spiritual, I don't know. But, you know, that's, that's exactly what happens when we receive a download of revelation from God. Our mind is just like, wow, that's awesome. When you get that revelation of who you are in Christ and that it's activated through our confession of faith of what God has already said about us and who we are in Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, things in life and circumstances will begin to change. Are you with me? 
Write this down. Every advance in revelation will bring you to a greater advance in faith and blessing. Every advance in revelation will bring you to a greater advance in faith and blessing. Now really quick, I want to give you three things I believe, okay, knowing who you are in Christ will do three things, at least these three things for you in your life. Knowing who you are in Christ will do at least these three things. Number one, you will walk in greater authority. You will walk in greater authority. My oldest daughter, two grandkids, and my son-in-law live in Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro, if you're not familiar with Brazil at all, can be very, very dangerous. However, they've been there eight years, and praise God, the hand of God and protection of God is upon them. We pray, pray almost daily to plead the blood of Jesus upon our children. Amen. Wherever they go, God is protecting them. Well, in April, where they live is in an apartment building. It's kind of on a cul-de-sac. And uh, they, there's only one way in, one way out. And there's cars always parked on the side, so they, you barely have enough room to get one car out. Well, Joshua and my oldest grandchild, Sophia, were on their way to the church that day. And as they pulled out of their apartment complex and headed down the road to the main street, they were stopped because there was a car directly in front of them, and they could not pass. And without even hardly thinking, two guys jumped out of both sides of the car that was in front of them with guns and came up to the side and held their guns at each of their head, both my son-in-law and my granddaughter's head. Now, <clears throat> this always gets me because you think about your granddaughter, you think about your son-in-law, and you think about how dangerous a situation this could be. And I thought many times, boy, if it was me, I'd give my life. I'd take a bullet for my granddaughter. Amen? So anyhow, they, 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 on Josh's side, the guy says, we want your phone. And so Josh obviously got a little nervous, and he couldn't remember the contraseña, the, the code, the password. So he's fumbling around. Now they're getting agitated. I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill your daughter. Right there. And he says, hey, I'm doing my best. I'm trying to get it. And he's fumbling around and just nervous. And we all can understand that. Finally, the guy just pulls him out of the car, puts him face down on the ground, just like this, and holds a gun to his head. He said, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill your daughter. Right here. And the only thing that Josh could think of at that time, it wasn't, don't kill me, I don't want to die. He called on the name of Jesus. He said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And right about that time, they took his daughter, Sophia, out of the car, put her to one side, and took off in the car. Right at that time, so interesting, a guy on a bike must have seen what had happened, rode up to Josh and Hannah. He's holding Sophia. Josh and Sophia, sorry. And he walks up to him and he says, I saw what happened. He said, are you a believer? Josh said, yes. Then he said, come with me. And he took him over to the side and got him into a safe place where they felt comfortable. And he said to them this. He says, 
I'm going to get your car back for you. Josh had no idea who this person was, never seen them before in his life. As he's holding Sophia, the guy takes off on his bike after this car. So he goes back to the house. He has to go down, and if you've ever lived overseas, you know, going down to a police station and filing reports like this is just hours upon hours of almost virtual chaos. But finally, after almost all day being in the police department, they got everything filed and everything, they go back home. He gets a call at 2 o'clock in the morning from the police station saying this, we think we found your car. Can you come in tomorrow morning and identify it for us? So he goes back the next morning, and he finds out that his car, or the two people that, were, that took his car, had been in a police shootout. And the car was in a particular location. He was able to go to the car. It was completely untouched, and inside the car was his phone and his wallet, nothing touched or nothing taken. Now, I don't know if you believe in angels or not, but I'm going to tell you, I believe what happened is this. This gentleman on a bike walks up to them. The first thing he says to him is, I want an affirmation who you are. He said, I'm a believer. Second thing he did is he took him to a safe place. The third thing he did, he says, I give, I'm giving you a promise. I'm going to get your car back for you. I believe that angel was able within 24 hours. This is unheard of. We've had things stolen before. You never see them again. Are you with me? Within 24 hours, he had everything restored just like it was beforehand. But notice this, that angel wanted to know, who do you identify with? And because Josh identified himself as a believer and he called upon the name, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Saved. That's why it's so vitally important in these days we know who we are. We know we're a believer. We know who we are in Christ. And even though the enemy might try and come in and he might try and do everything he can to discourage us, glory to God, God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You know, um, we cannot be deceived like my wife shared Wednesday about the times that we're in, Kairos times, and what is going on in the world today. You know, offense has become the new norm. People are offended at history. They want to change what was in the past. If you don't agree with them, they're offended. Offense, listen, is the great distractor. And it hardens people's heart. But knowing who you are and walking in authority is going to take the wine out of your voice. Amen? Amen? I believe that when you walk in your divine authority, knowing who you are, when you show up, you bring peace. You bring joy. You bring life to other people. And that's what God needs in these days, that we walk and know who we are. We walk in our authority. And when we show up, we bring life and peace to all those around us. Like Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I believe every test should be a testimony of God's goodness. Can you say amen? amen? Number two, number one, we walk in greater authority. Number two, you will increase in knowledge. Increase in knowledge. You know, many people these days have their identity in their body. They spend hours upon hours in the gym. That's why there's mirrors everywhere. Because their identity is in their body. But sooner or later, guess what? Gravity starts having an effect. And a lot of people get that furniture disease, you know, where you're... You know, you know the furniture disease? That's where your chest sinks to your drawers? I, it's a, I know, it's a bummer getting old. The other day I threw my shoulder out just brushing my teeth. can't figure that out. You, know, you get bruises and you're like, hon, where did I get this bruise from? I have no idea. Wake up in the morning, got a broken leg. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, you're only old, really, when somebody compliments you on your new alligator shoes and you're barefooted. That's the only time you're really old. Well, listen, write, write this down. Your identity comes from knowing who you are in Christ by constantly feeding your spirit on the word and putting the word first place. Again, your identity comes from knowing who you are in Christ, constantly feeding on the knowledge of the word and putting the word first place. They say that uranium-235 is used to fuel for nuclear power plants. And it's so powerful that a half a kilo of uranium-235 can fuel a nuclear submarine for 25 years. But now listen, you need more than just the formula for uranium-235. You need to know how to activate it. And we activate God's power. It's accessed through the new birth through assistance of the Holy Spirit and the confession of your identity in Christ, knowing and declaring who you are, just as Jesus was constantly telling everyone who he is. We need to be constantly confessing what God says who we are. And there's over 130 scriptures in the New Testament that daily we should be taking those and confessing who we are in Christ Jesus. And I believe one download of God's revelation, just one download of God's divine revelation is enough to get you through whatever you might be going through today. Whether it's sickness or disease or a storm or a trial or persecution or lack or fear or whatever, whatever fiery dart of the enemy comes your way, amen, that can be stopped and apagado, uh, put out by your confession of the word of God. Amen? Number three, your faith will grow stronger. Your faith will grow stronger. It's interesting, Jesus said this. When I come back, I'm looking for one thing and one thing only. Is there faith in the world? Is there faith in your life? Are you walking by faith? Are you talking by faith? He's not interested in how big your ministry is, how much influence, what bank accounts you have, how many properties you have, what kind of car you own. He's looking for one thing and one thing only. Do you walk by 
faith. Are you a faith person? Are you with me? Listen, never allow your struggle to become your identity. Whatever you're going through, don't allow that. You know, there's people that can never let past hurts go. They're constantly talking about how so-and-so hurt them or, or, or what happened to them back in 1932 and, and still bringing it up this day. Learn to let those things go so that your struggle does not become your identity. Your identity is who you are in Christ. And bless God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven, you have been freed, you have been given a new identity. Hallelujah. You are the head and not the tail. You are a victor, not a victim. And you are going to the other side. Praise God. Other people like to compare themselves. And that's one of the worst diseases known to man, comparisonitis. Constantly, you know, as ministers, a lot of times we fall in the same trap, and I know I have. And I used to hate going to minister conferences, pastors' conferences, because all they ever talked about was the ABCs of ministry. ABCs, attendance, buildings, and cash. How big is your church? How big is your building? What kind of cash flow do you have? And I used to go from those conferences and just feel like, gosh, why does everything have to be a certain size? You know, there's one thing I'm looking for when I meet Jesus face to face. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He does not care if you're 2,000 or 3,000. He doesn't love you more because you have 2,000, and he doesn't love you less because you have 20. God is interested in one thing, people. Are you and have you been faithful to do what I've called you to do? And whether that's the secular workplace or you're a mom in the house or whatever it is, he wants to know, are you faithful to do what I've called you to do? Were you faithful to the call? Were you faithful to raise up and build yourself up in the word? Were you faithful to share your faith with others? You know, let me give you seven real quick. Seven points on how to be happy and full of faith. Number one, don't compare yourself to others. Number two, don't compare yourself to others. Number three, don't compare yourself to others. Number four, don't compare yourself to others. Number five, don't compare yourself to others. Number six, don't compare yourself to others. And number seven, don't compare yourself to others. It'll draw you down a very cold and dark alley that Satan wants to steal you of your identity because now your identity is in somebody else's success. You are you. God made you and you are unique in what he has given you, in the talents, the abilities, the influence that you have. Understand that there is nobody else in this world like you. And that is what God wants to increase in your life. Knowing that in you and what he has given you in Christ is way more than enough. Amen. To complete the call and do it with all joy and happiness. Amen. I learned something years ago that the enemy is really not after my health. The enemy is really not concerned about 
what resources I might have or not have. He's not after those things. He's after one thing and one thing only. How can I debilitate, how can I weaken your faith in the word? He wants to steal your faith in who you are in Christ Jesus. And that's why there's so much confusion in this world today with identity and identity theft. He's out to try and weaken your faith in who you are in Christ Jesus. Somebody said this, write this down. There's no such thing as unchallenged faith. Satan will always challenge your identity. And the more we understand who we are in Christ, the greater faith will grow in us as we begin to confess who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen? I am more than a conqueror. I am triumphant in Christ Jesus. I am a new creature. Amen? The old things have passed away. I am washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Amen. And I'm seated at the right hand of God. You know, it's interesting, if you're ever in the presence of a king, you always stand. And yet in heaven, the Bible says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. The angels are standing but you and I in heavenly places are seated with him. Why? Because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And the more you see that, the more your faith grows. The more your self-confidence grows to complete the vision that God's given you. The more faith you have, the more boldness you have. Because now you see yourselves not as a weakling, but yet one who is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And there's boldness that comes into our life. A friend of mine, I heard him share a testimony of some U.S. SEALs training mission on how to overtake an enemy ship and how to overtake an aircraft carrier. And at first, he said, in these training missions, the SEALs would pull up alongside smaller boats, and later on, they would go to larger boats, a destroyer, and finally, they would get to the aircraft carrier. And as they would pull up alongside these aircraft carriers, they had these really cool guns that they would fire these ladders up the side and they would crawl up the, air, the aircraft carrier and eventually they'd overtake the entire ship. So they had done this and they got up to the top and they're all giving each other high fives and slapping around and their leader says, congratulations guys, you did it. We did it. We were able to overcome an aircraft carrier. So now it's time to go back. And as they turned around, they saw that all of the ladders were gone. And they had to jump. And their leader said, you guys have been trained for this? Seven stories. You have to jump from the top of the aircraft carrier all the way back down to the water. He said, one of those U.S. or one of those Navy SEALs said this. He said, when I jumped, I had so much time to think. My only thought was, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> of course, he was a Navy SEAL. He said, what the H-E double hockey sticks am I doing? I think a lot of times, you know what? When we get filled up and we know who we are, that's the type of faith that we have. 
We're so bold in what we're doing and sharing the gospel and who we are that we're like, well, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but bless God, I'm going to make a dent in the, for the kingdom of God. I'm going to, you know, when you're full of faith, you share your faith. You're bold to share your faith. And it doesn't matter, well, what if they get offended? Well, what if they get offended? You read, ever read how many times people got offended at Jesus' message? I mean, the biggest spiritual leaders at the time were offended because sometimes he even called them whitewashed tombs, which in that day was very offensive. But it didn't stop his mission. It didn't stop his message. It didn't stop his confession of who he was. He continued to do it. Why? Because he was filled with faith, and that faith will make you jump off aircraft carriers. That faith will cause you to go to people that you thought you could never talk to and share with them the gospel or invite them to church. That boldness and that faith of knowing who you are will cause you to do things you thought maybe you could never do. Amen. But that's what knowing who you are in Christ does for us. I believe it's time for breakthrough in the body of Christ. I believe it's time that we get beyond all this offense and letting the world dictate to us how we should live and what we should say and how we should talk. I believe it's time for the body of Christ to break through all that and realize we have been placed here for a time as appointed time as this. God has put me right here. If it's Omaha, it's Omaha for a special time. He's given me an anointing. He's given me the word. He's placed me amongst beautiful family and friends where I can continue to grow. Now it's time to bring in the harvest. Amen. And I believe if the body of Christ would really truly see themselves as somebody who has, has great influence in their sphere of influence, we'll fill up these churches. To overflowing, we'll, we won't just be doing two, we'll be doing four and five services on a Sunday. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, 2 4, it says this, and I want to finish with this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ. And seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And in Philippians 4.19 says this. I can do all things, all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Will the real superhero please stand up? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and say this with me. I can do all things, can do all things through, Christ through Christ that strengtheneth me. That strengtheneth me. I, am I am crucified with Christ, made alive, made alive. quickened with him, quickened with him. Raised, up raised up together, and made to sit together, to sit together with him in heavenly places. I cannot be defeated. I am the head and not the tail. I am here for a divine purpose. And I will fulfill my purpose in Christ Jesus with the anointing of the Holy Ghost led by the Spirit of God walking in divine wisdom in Jesus' name 
Amen. Amen.